You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. They said, now take all these animals and cut them in half and put them in a line and separate them. And then he basically said to Abraham, and you and I are going to walk through there. You and I are going to walk through there. It was a sign of a covenant. It was a sign of a pact. And Abraham fell asleep and he had this vision that the Lord carried him through. See, it's not up to us to hold up the covenant. God has already made the covenant. God made the covenant on the cross. Our job is to believe. The best news in all of Scripture is that God has made a covenant with us and He bears the consequences if the covenant is broken, by us or by Him. We know He doesn't break His word, which means He is carrying the weight of our sin. Pastor Dave is bringing us some great news today about our covenant in Christ. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of 1 Kings chapter 2 as he continues his message, A Change in Solomon. We are supposed to behave differently as Christians. We're supposed to think differently as Christians because we belong to the Most High God. You are His children. You are sons and daughters of the Most High God. You are His sheep. And He is our shepherd. And He takes care of us. David said, keep His statues. It means His manners, His ordinances, and even His customs. Keep His commandments, which means the law. Keep His judgments, which means the divine law, but it also has a judicial air there. He says, keep His testimonies, which is keep His witness. Keep His witness. And, and, and there are some places in Scripture where they didn't want to do certain things so that the Gentiles would have reason to blaspheme God. Do people have reason to blaspheme God because of your actions? Because the things that you do on a regular basis or want to do? Now, we all make mistakes, and mistakes are going to happen, and we might do something that we don't want to do. You know, Paul's great for that. The things I want to do, I don't do. The things I want to do, I do all the time. Things I don't want to do, I do them too. So we, 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 sometimes we get confused. But the witness comes forth in following Jesus Christ. As was written in the law of Moses, he says, remember what I told you last week? I said that the king of Israel, each king of Israel had to take and copy the book of Deuteronomy by hand. This was in Deuteronomy. They had to do this. It was a way of memorizing the law. It was a way of memorizing the law, and it was a way of getting close to God. And we read in Joshua, I read it for you, he says... Only be strong and very courageous that you observe to do all according to the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. And do not turn from it, the law, to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper. There it is. If you keep the law, you'll prosper. There will be prospering. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. You shall meditate it day and night that you observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. You know what they call that? 
That's a conditional promise. That is a conditional promise. Did you hear the thens, the ifs? It's a conditional promise that we will have. Through Christ, we have those things. Read, read Ephesians 1. We have so many blessings through Jesus Christ. It's been given to us by the grace, by his death on the cross. We've been given to that by the mercy of God. We've been giving so many things. What Moses said to Joshua, David is saying to Solomon in his command to Solomon, keep the commandments and the ordinance and the statutes of the Lord. If you do that, Solomon, you're going to prosper. You're going to do well. You're going to do well. The key to prosperity is obedience to the laws of God. Whoever does these things shall prosper. Excellent advice for a dad to a son, don't you think? Excellent advice for a dad to a son. That's how we should be with our children. We should be that way. David reminds him of God's conditional promise. It is a conditional promise. David reminded Solomon of a special covenant that the Lord had made with David. We call it the Davidic covenant. He made this covenant with David saying that one would sit on the throne forever. And David knew that he was talking about the Messiah. He was talking about Jesus Christ who fulfilled that covenant. He warned Solomon that if you disobey God's law, there's going to be chastening and discipline. There's going to be much sorrow, not only for you, Solomon, but for the nation as well. As goes the king, so goes the nation. When David sinned greatly, the nation was torn apart. The nation had to go through a rebellion by his son Absalom and all the crazy things that happened after that. So the nation fell apart. But if Solomon obeyed the Lord, kept his statutes, his judgments, his testimonies, God would bless not only him, but the people he ruled. And even better, God would keep his promise and there would always be a descendant sitting on the throne of Israel. Why was this important to David? Because he knew and believed in God's promise. When you read the Hall of Faith, David believed in God's promise. He saw from afar the Messiah. David believed in God's promise. He knew a Messiah was coming, and God had told him it would come through his seed. He knew that the nation Israel would bring forth the Messiah, and David was thinking about that. And he knew that God's redemptive plan lay in his hands. So David had a conditional promise of God. If his descendants didn't walk, Things come to an end. But praise be to God, he fulfilled that through Jesus Christ. And as we go through the Bible, as you go through 1 and 2 Kings, 1 and 2 Chronicles, as you go through these times, you'll see one king was worse than the next. One king was worse than the next. But you know what that tells me? You know what that really tells me? That tells me about God's grace. That tells me about God's grace because guess what? When God made a covenant with you through Jesus Christ, it was his job and it is his job to keep the covenant because he is faithful. Remember Abraham? Remember the Abrahamic covenant? That'll bring them into a land and all the nation will be blessed. They said, now take all these animals and cut them in half and put them in a line and separate them. And then he basically said to Abraham, and you and I are going to walk through there. You and I are going to walk through there. It was a sign of a covenant. It was a sign of a pact. And Abraham fell asleep. And he had this vision that the Lord carried him through. See, it's not up to us to hold up the covenant. God has already made the covenant. God made the covenant on the cross. Our job is to believe. Our job is to believe, have faith. 
believe that the covenant has been fulfilled through Jesus Christ. We'll see the grace of God. You will prosper if you will fulfill the law. God's word is a guarantee of Christian success. If we follow God's word, it's a guarantee for success. I know we're going to make mistakes, but if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And that, again, is the continual cleansing. The word there suggests the continual cleansing as we confess our sins. He doesn't promise us a life without problems, but he ensures us of a life to able to deal with anything because he takes full advantage of God's presence. God is in control of our lives because we've given our lives to him. Basically, he said, Lord, I want you to take my life. And when you said that, Jesus took it. There was an exchange. My life for his on a cross. He got a raw deal. I got a great deal. But he took it when I gave it to him. A Christian success is not measured by the standards of the world. Even if the world accounts us as sheep for slaughter, we're actually, according to the Romans, more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. We are more than conquerors from him who died for us. He said, the Lord will be with you wherever you go. The final encouragement is to repeat it, repeat it, repeat it. God's word depends upon it. If you don't trust in God's word, you don't trust in God. We need to trust in his word because it's true. So David charges his son Solomon, stay with the Lord. Don't stray from the Lord. Oh, how many times did you guys say that to your children? Stay with the Lord. Hang out with the Lord. Fellowship with him. Don't leave his side. Don't go off and do all those crazy things. Well, we're going to find out that Solomon is just like our kids. He does a lot of crazy things that we're going to find out. Then David kind of turns his attention to protecting the kingdom. He wants now to protect the kingdom. So his eyes turn and he wants Solomon to know, and he throws out three names. We're familiar with all the names. He throws out Joab, he throws out Barzillai, and he throws out Shammai. Let's read down through verse 9. Moreover, David's still speaking to Solomon, you know also that Joab the son of Zariah did to me. You know what he did to me, and what he did to the two commanders of the armies of Israel, to Abner, the son of Ner, Amasa, the son of Jether, whom he killed. And he shed the blood of war in peacetime and put the blood of the war on his belt that was around his waist and on his sandals that were on his feet. Therefore, do according to your wisdom and do not in his hair, his gray hair go down to the grave in peace. Oof. But show kindness to the sons of Brazili, the Gideonite, and let them be among those who eat at your table. For so they came to me, and when I fled from Absalom, your brother. And see, you have with you Shammai, the son of Gera the Benjamite from Baharum, who cursed me with a malicious curse in the day that I went down to Maharain. But he came down to meet me at Jordan, and I swore to him, the Lord, saying, I will not put you to death with the sword. Now, therefore, do not hold him guiltless, for you are a wise man, and know what you ought to do to him, but bring his, but bring his gray hair down to the grave with blood. <laughs> David says, I swore that I wasn't, kill I wasn't going to kill him, but you're not me. I don't. So he brings these three guys out. 
David knew who was loyal to the throne and who was not. David warned Solomon to act immediately and deal with the two that were most dangerous. These two were the most dangerous because they gathered together with Adonijah to come against David. They were the most dangerous. Joab, remember? Joab killed Abner. Joab killed Manasseh or Amasseh. Who else did Joab kill? Who? You're saying it. Absalom. Joab killed David's son, Absalom. Remember the specific orders that David gave? Don't kill him. Remember? Joab killed him. All that weighed heavily on David. And David said, don't let him, his gray hair go down in peace. Use your wisdom, Solomon. Barzillai helped David when he was fleeing from his son Absalom. Helped him with supplies. Helped him out. So David rewards him. David rewards him. And then you have Shammai, who cursed David, throwing rocks at him, and even came and asked David for forgiveness. And David seemed to have forgiven him. And he made him an offer to live within the city gates and not go out. Solomon will. We'll see that next week. Was this wrong of David to seek revenge on these men? Was this wrong of David to come after these guys? Well, there's a 50-50 split in the great scholars Some say, yes, it was obviously wrong of David. He wasn't showing the grace of God. And some say, no, because these men were cunning. They were very, very crafty, and they were dangerous. And he was looking to protect his young son. He wanted to protect his young son, so he tells Solomon, you need to do what you need to do. But this is my advice, Solomon. Interesting. We're going to see next week that Solomon takes care of all the family business. Solomon takes care of all the family business that needs to be taken care of. So let's finish out verse 10 through 12. So David rested with his fathers and was buried in the city of David. The period that David reigned over Israel was 40 years. Seven years he reigned in Hebron, and in Jerusalem he reigned 33 years. Then Solomon sat on the throne of his father David, and the kingdom was firmly established feel like we're saying goodbye to a dear friend. We've been studying David now for quite some time through 1 Samuel and 2 Samuel. So I, I feel like we're saying goodbye to a dear friend once again. We've learned a lot from David. Man after God's own heart. Man declared to be a godly man, a blameless man. But again, we all know too well his downfalls. We all know too well his sin. And I love the Bible for that. I love the Bible doesn't paint a glossy picture of these people that we can hold them up on high and go, ooh, these are just men and women. These are just men and women, ordinary men and women that God filled with his Holy Spirit and used them extraordinarily. Men and women. The same men and women that God is looking for today. Men and women with hearts towards him. It says that in 2 Chronicles 16.9. Lord's looking to and fro throughout the land. He's looking to and fro throughout the land for somebody who has a heart towards him. And he can use that person. He can use that person. I read something interesting in John Corson's commentary. John's pretty cool. He, 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 he comes up with some pretty cool things. But I read something pretty interesting in John Corson's uh, commentary, and I want to share it with you.
It's about the number 30. And he brings up all these facts in his, in, in his commentary. David was 30 when he began his ministry. The Levites had to be 30 before they assumed their ministry. Joseph became prime minister of Egypt at 30. Ezekiel was 30 years old when the Lord called him. John the Baptist was 30 years old when he went into the wilderness and ate honey and locusts and started his ministry. And Jesus was 30 when he started his ministry. If you want to make something out of numbers, go ahead. I'm just, I just thought, I thought that was pretty interesting. That was very, very interesting to me. And I'm sure you could do an entire study on that. So what can we apply this, to what we studied this evening? What, what, what is the application that we got out of this? Not that we should go and kill all our guys who are against us. That's not the application, okay? That's not the application, okay? So put away your guns and your machetes and all that kind of things, okay? That's not the application, okay? The application is what you've been hearing from this podium what you've been hearing on Monday nights, what you've been hearing back in the other room in Sunday school, the application is seek first the kingdom of God. That's the application. Let nothing come between you and the Lord. No material thing, no person, no place, nothing else. Let nothing come between you, including your spouse, your children, your homes, your jobs, all those things. Let nothing be in between. Be satisfied. I am extremely satisfied to know that in my wife's life, I'm number two. At least I hope I'm number two. (laughs) Don't go there. I'm very happy to be number two because I know the Lord's number one. And that's the way it should go. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. See, we always want to seek first the kingdom and all these things will be added. Well, you're missing something very, very important. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. Don't leave that part of the verse out. And that's what I've learned from this. David's telling his son, seek the Lord. Seek the Lord with all your heart, with all your strength, with all your being. Seek Him above anything else in your life, and you'll prosper. You're going to do real well, David. Excuse me. You're going to do real well, Solomon. And the nation you govern will do well as well, because you're seeking the Lord. They'll see you seeking the Lord, and they'll be drawn drawn into the Lord also. That's what I got out of this. Seek the Lord with all your heart. Submit your ways to Him. Follow Him with all your might. Receive the Holy Spirit. Get the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Want everything the Lord wants for you. Seek Him with everything you have. You can go to Proverbs 3.15. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean on your, not on your own understanding. Acknowledge Him in all your ways, and He'll direct your paths. Yes. See, the Bible has one message through there. And the message all leads to Jesus Christ. And in Him, we move and have our being. But I need to abide in Him. I need to abide in Him. People come to me with problems. Real trouble. Real real serious problems. I feel bad. But one of the first questions I ask is, well, are you spending time with the Lord? I don't have time. 
Are you praying? Ah, I don't have time. Are you coming to fellowship? No, I'm just too busy. Then you've answered your own questions. You've answered your own questions. We need to seek the Lord with every ounce of our being and want him and him only as number one in our life. And that's, that's what I'm getting out of this. Because you heard all the conditions of the promises. You've heard the conditions here. He told Joshua, if you do this, you'll prosper. He told Solomon, if you do this, you'll prosper. You'll prosper. Prosper could be just being blessed. Oh, how happy. Blessed is the man. Blessed is the woman. Blessed is the son of God. Blessed is those sons and daughters of the Most High God who follow him, who trust in him, who keep his commandments, keep his statutes, keep his testimonies, keep his judgment, and follow hard after him. Walk in his ways. And that's what I got out of that. That's what I got out of those those nine, actually those four verses. The four verses is what, that's what I got out of that. And I think if we do that consistently, Yes, you'll miss a day. You know, don't beat yourself up when you miss that day. There may come a day when you are busy and things happen and you don't get that reading in. But there's always time for prayer. You can pray while you're driving the car. Don't close your eyes. But you can pray while you're driving. You, you can pray for other people. You can pray for someone while you're talking to them. But prayer is so important. Stay connected to the Lord. Stay connected. You have brothers and sisters around you who love you, who want nothing but the best for you. A phone call, hey, I'm hurting, I'm in trouble here, help me out. We have things going on. We have something happening on Sunday, Sunday night, the commons, the manor. We have something happen on Monday nights. We have Wednesday night, then there's prayer time. All sorts of things happen that you can get involved in, get in trust in, and, and be a part of it. And we want to see that. You grow. And I feel like a father here telling my children, seek the Lord with all your heart. Seek him. Don't turn to the left or don't turn to the right. Seek the Lord with everything you have. Don't give up. Don't stop. Even when things get hard, because guess what, folks? They will get hard. They will get hard. But seek him. Trust in him. Know he has a plan for you. He has a great plan for you. If anything, it's to be with him forever. To be with him forever because of a cross. Because he died on a cross for you. Oh, please. If you learned anything today, know that he's calling you deeper and deeper. He's calling each of us into a deeper relationship with him. These are the last days, folks. He could come back any minute. He could come back today, this hour, tonight. He could come back. Don't be sitting there thinking, oh, he's not coming back. Oh, you don't know. You don't know. Don't be caught like a thief in the night. Don't be caught. He's coming back. You are This has been another edition of A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave. Thanks for tuning in. Throughout the book of 1 Kings, we read about rulers who had victories and rulers who failed miserably. King Solomon, known as the wisest king, made his own fair share of mistakes in his life. In fact, in his later years, he began to put his faith in wealth and women rather than wisdom of the Lord. How often do we do that? How often do we put our faith in the worldly things 
rather than in the Word of God. If you have some questions about what you heard today, we'd be happy to try to answer these questions or pray with you about what's weighing on your heart. Please don't hesitate to call us at 609-884-5821. Again, that number is 609-884-5821. Keep looking to Scripture for answers and know that we care about the journey you're on. We're so glad you tuned in to Assure Hope today. You can hear more messages like this one from Pastor Dave at our website. Just click on the Messages tab when you visit AssureHopeRadio.com. We'd love to meet you, too. Each Sunday, we gather at 8.30 and 10.30 a.m., and you can find directions and more about Calvary Chapel Cape May by visiting AssureHopeRadio.com. You'll also find us on Facebook and YouTube. Links for both are at AssureHopeRadio.com. There's more to learn from the book of 1 Kings next time, so be sure to join us again right here on Assure Hope.